Now, if you've heard of South by Southwest, you're probably one of two people. You're either the ones that are going to be attending the event, flying into Austin and excitedly waiting, counting down the hours to minutes and seconds for the opening party hosted by Blancos. <laughs> or you're one of those that is not going to be able to attend the event, whether it's down to cost, to time, or just a geographical pain. <laughs> Now, we completely know the feeling. Luckily, we're working alongside Mythical Games to bring you some exclusive collectibles in this amazing giveaway. In total, we're going to be giving away five amazingly limited edition collectibles. Now, you may be wondering, how it is we go about taking part in this promotional event? Well, the answer is simple. If you follow us on Facebook, on our social media, including Twitter, as well as giving those guys at Mythical Games a good old follow as well, you tweet out to both of us at the same time talking about South by Southwest, you may very well be in the chance of winning one of these very exclusive collectibles. For all things gaming and blockchain, make it blockchaingamer.biz. and welcome to this episode of Game on Blockchain with me, James, from blockchaingamer.biz. Now, today we have a very special podcast taking place with both Rudy and Jamie from Mythical Games, and they got something pretty exciting to talk to us about, especially as they count down the days until South by Southwest, which is taking place in Austin, Texas. Now, there are a few of us here that aren't going to be able to make that one, but we've got plenty to talk about in the steps up to that one, as well as a very special promotional that we just got done talking about. But that will, be, that will come at a later time. So until then, so Jamie, Rudy, how are you both doing today? Oh, good. Yeah. I mean, it's early in the morning. We both got very young kids. Um, we, we, we started mythical and then we both had babies. Oh, uh, so, you know, yeah. Managing startup life and, and baby life is interesting. <laughs> yeah. My last startup, I was 24 and had zero responsibility. So it was a completely different experience. <laughs> so this is good though. Yeah. How's it going on your end? It's good to be connected. Yeah, absolutely. It is. Um, it's been a bit of a busier day today, but honestly, I can't complain about that at all. It's um, it's good fun when it's busy. That sort of way. It's, it seems things are ramping up um, for you guys. I mean, there's a lot going on, a lot of announcements going on in the in, in the community. I mean, what I'm seeing, and uh, I'm curious if you see the same thing, is that is you know last year there was a lot of sort of game announcements. It feels like this. This year so far, it's been a lot of tech announcements, like laying down the, 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 the groundwork. And, you know, there's been some games, there's been some, you know, stuff on, on that end, but there's been a lot more in terms of tools and tech and stuff. I have to, I completely agree with you just there. We're also seeing a lot more in the way of uh, a maturing of the game titles that are already out there. I mean, uh, the more recent one was Mega Cryptopolis that we saw with its microeconomy. It's been yeah. strange hearing about that. It's 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 an economy on top of an economy it's it's yeah it's been interesting watching all of that you know like these small teams are are really uh you know pushing and pulling blockchain and what's possible in in a lot of interesting different directions it's been fun to watch oh yeah it really has it's been uh 
And, and, and that game, I can't pronounce, Mega Cryptopolis, is, is definitely one of those that are just sort of ex- really, really experimental when it comes to game economies, stuff I've never seen before. Oh, yeah, same here. Even with um, large-scale centralized games, we don't see it that often. But from those kind of sophisticated games, it would be fantastic to like delve more into the world of mythical games because, I mean, I remember reporting on it when it was first announced but i think it'd be great to just like get a deeper context for the background of yourselves the team and where you were previously before establishing mythical games and what really inspired you to establish this in the first place sure i guess i can speak to that i mean we've come from uh, you know a long career making games you know that's our background traditional game development i mean Jamie has, has, has been making games for his whole career. And, um, you know, we, we, we were, we'd been around for all the crazy, you know, things that have happened in the games industry over the last 10, 20 years. You know, mobile was one of those things that sort of came in and really blew the market open and, and really challenged the way we create games and monetize games. Um, and, you know, I think for us, we get really excited um, when we see a, a new tech or a new tool or something that comes in really challenges the way we do things and maybe makes us, uh, you know, approach things in a different way and challenges our assumptions. And, and for, for us, blockchain really did that. It brought in some re- a lot of different ideas that we hadn't seen before and really made us sort of think things differently and challenge the way we've been doing things. And that's exciting. You know, it just it's, it's another tool for us to create an, a great experience for, for users. And, and now we're sort of, ex, you know, we, we're exploring that space, exploring what we can do with this new crazy tool that's called blockchain. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And it's, it's got a surprising amount of versatility, but at the same time, the, the sheer rate in which it's, we're seeing it mature is absolutely mind-boggling. I mean, uh, case in point, and this is one that's um, very relevant to the Mythical Games team as well, uh, when we put it in perspective, EOS as a blockchain solution for games has only been around for, I think one Telegram user put it as 11 months, which is staggering considering there are so many titles now out for them. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I mean, that's the that's that's kind of one of the things that's interesting about where we are, right? I mean, the tech is so new. We come from you know building on mature platforms like Nintendo and PlayStation, iOS and Android. And it's funny to say that iOS and Android are, are, are mature. I mean, it's been ten years now. It's crazy to think about. Um, but you know, those are robust development environments with a lot of tools at our disposal. And now we're getting into a space that's extremely new. We're getting into a tech that's extremely new. And uh, there's, 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 it's the bit of the Wild West, which is both exciting. It gives us opportunities to fill some of those gaps and to lay down the, the groundwork and what we think is important. We've been making games for a long time. We know what we need as game developers. Um, so we get the chance to build those things. Um, on top of that, it's, it's unknown space. You know, we think EOS is great right now. Who knows, six months to a year from now, what the right solution will be. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that's such shifting sands that we're seeing in the world of blockchain in terms of game development. 
And I mean, it's also thinking about not only the sort of potential that blockchain allows for and even the untapped potential that we're we're still uncovering right now. I think it's really that it's so antithetical and experimental when compared to a centralized system that's far more um, established in its ways. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think for us, it's been a bit of a roller coaster ride. You know, I think for, for you know, I, I personally get really excited about new tech and I got really excited about blockchain and it's been really fun like I said watching these small teams experimenting and pushing and pulling at the same time you know we've had to be careful not to just throw out all our sensibilities and all the game um, design we've learned over the years in, in making games for mass market you know we've had to you know blockchain challenges those things and brings in new ideas um, but we've we've sort of it's been a roller coaster in the sense that you know you you, you want to be excited about the blockchain paradigms at the same time. You don't want them to railroad the stuff that, you know, the stuff that, you know, works. Uh, and so one of the things that's been really fun about working with Jamie is that he comes from, you know, again, years of making great games for mass market. And, you know, we've had so many great discussions about what, does, what value does blockchain really bring to games, you know, and that's a very important question to ask right now, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think that, for me, that's the key question. And I think, you know, I, I come at this whole thing from, I make it, I make it, it's my 20th year now of making games. And I've gone through every console transition since PlayStation 1. And, um, you know, we've been here where people pay for games and then, then people don't pay for games anymore, which that in and of itself is, is, is a really tough challenge for game designers um, because you're now trying to kind of, build this great fund for people but you know when it's a free-to-play game you've also got to get paid because it's not a charity right and um that's that's that is a very difficult place uh, and has been ever since the advent of it um and i think for me when i because i started i was looking at blockchain you know a couple of years ago but in a totally different way we were looking at it as a maybe a way to use as a, as a, uh, like a funding method, you know, like funding a project using blockchain, allowing people to come and invest in it, and then they can kind of sell off their parts however they want on an on earn out, right? So it's kind of using the tech in a very simple form. And I think when I spent time with Rudy and he kind of started to lay out for me how he saw the technology, I started, I started to come at it in a completely different way. And I started to look at it as a technology and not as this kind of like crypto weird thing that no one really knows about apart from people that are in it and i just start to see it as a technology and i think that for me is is going to be the key for for blockchain going big we won't even call it blockchain in my opinion like that it'll just be technology in the game you know i've been through graphical advancements i've been through you know the first game i made we didn't really have it online you know it was 20 years ago was kind of the beginning of real true multiplayer online. I mean, people who really knew how to wrestle the internet could get their machines to play online and were playing stuff here and there. But mass, you know, Joe, Joe Public, the kind of average gamer that makes up the vast majority of the couple of hundred million gamers on the planet, probably wasn't until PlayStation 3, I would say, when it was so easy to just plug your console online and go online when that then didn't become a word, you know, like online is normal now. Yeah. Right. You, you, if you have, if you put a game out and it doesn't have some sort of online multiplayer, you know, people are going, why, why doesn't it have it? And I think for me, I think that's where we'll get with this technology. And I think, you know, the big moment for me 
talking to Rudy about it and, and starting to think, well, really understanding, or well, I said really understand, beginning to really understand what this technology is. I was like, wait, so we could we could build a game, let's just say an adventure game, and someone can go into this cave and they can find this sword and it can be called the I don't know, sword of the super dark cave or whatever. And the first person in the world that finds it gets to tell the world about it. And the next person that finds it knows that they didn't find the first one, right? And this the concept of provability is what got me really excited. Um, and I think the idea that that person can then own that item and there can be a secondary market and all of those kind of things, they're really interesting as well. Um, but for me, it's that kind of part of the technology that made me excited. I could see it, I could see it being in every game. And for you know, the next five to ten years, I think people will just use it because it's good technology. <laughs> Yeah, I completely agree with you there. It's it's interesting that we bring up the the online aspect to uh, mainstream console gaming because yeah, you do see this remarkable transition from it being such a, a niche sort of area with very early stage consoles to it being a compulsory almost requirement for any kind of game that goes onto the market, albeit there is the exception for the occasional single player. And yeah, I honestly think as well that we are going to see the same sort of inflection point and reversal happen with blockchain as a solution from being the exception to the rule on that. It's another point that so you did kind of delve into just there is, is the aspect of monetization. And it's a really interesting one because even for mainstream games, in order to try and get funding, it's proven to be a bit more of an uphill struggle than anything else. And it's kind of doubled down on when it comes to gaming in general. Now, like Mythical Games has had a particularly good experience when it comes to obtaining funding purse on that sort of level. But for others, I think it's it still remains a challenge, doesn't it? I mean, funding for video games is always a challenge. Like I said, I've been doing it 20 years. I, you know, on my first startup, we were uh, six years old and then we got acquired by Activision. And, you know, those first six years were incredibly difficult to keep the lights on. Um, because, you know, I think it's, it's probably, I'll probably butcher the stat, but like the top 10 games in the world make up something like 98% of the, 90% of the actual uh, profit in that world. And everything else is just fighting for scraps. Um, and it's harder now, harder more than ever now to get eyeballs on your game. And there's certain genres which you just don't go near, right? I think shooter being one of them. Um, you, you know, you look at the behemoth that was Fortnite, um, and it came out of nowhere. And you know, arguably, was influenced by another big game at the time, right? And now we've seen others and others, and that genre of kind of the battle royale now. There's no way. I mean, my way, my opinion, blockchain. Some of the stuff we're doing would just be amazing in that world. Would we try and fund our own version of that game right now? Probably not. <laughs> I, I mean, we we did really well with our with our round, but we didn't do that well. You know, the money you need to, to be able to muscle into that world. So it's, it, funding is always tough um, because making a profitable game is always tough. I think there's ways that games can be made that aren't uh, kind of the older model. You know, one thing, like my last game at Activision was Guitar Hero Live, and uh, we spent a decent amount of money making that game and a decent amount of money marketing that game. And it was nothing compared to some of the other games out of those guys, right? You know, you can Call of Duty is a gigantic title. You imagine the money that goes into marketing that, and it's it's a it's a household name, but there's still 
have to go out there each year and put money into it. So, you know, what I started to see was there's different ways to making games. Um, and I think we're starting to see, in my opinion, the resurgence of the indie is coming back because indies are being more agile about how they make games. Um, <clears throat> they're able to keep their costs down. Um, things like Steam's early access, which, <clears throat> you know, it's a bit of a shit show at the moment because it's got everything, you know, there is everything on there and it's, it's very hard to get noticed, but <clears throat> Epic Store is, is a bit more curated and having an early access approach allows you to kind of put that game out there and actually give yourself the opportunity to make some money and kind of beta test your game, right, which is interesting. But even so, it's hard. Um, <clears throat> but I do think the, the, the interesting things for me, and again, I, I kind of have to stress, you know, the, the most important thing for me as a game designer and a creator is the gamer first, right? I want them to have fun more than anything else. Um, the secondary part for me is we need to make a profitable game. Um, and I think the one thing about the blockchain tech that's super interesting is is the, that it's not just the obvious part of the secondary market. I do think we've been blindsided in the blockchain world a little bit, and I think it's probably hurt us people like us, or it certainly maybe hurt the industry from the mainstream point of view, because they look at things like some of the early games that came out and these items selling for ridiculous amounts of money and mainstream gamers, gamer press is kind of like, they'll look, they'll look at that through a certain lens, right? They'll look at that as a flash in the pan and, you know, we're seeing it already. Uh, there's a bit of a kind of uncertainty when they look, like when someone says blockchain game, <clears throat> mainstream press and, and mainstream people view it with a bit of kind of skepticism at the moment. And I think that's probably to do with the idea that these things have been sold for crazy money and pre-sales doing this, because pre-sales never existed in the gaming world, right? A pre-order has, but pre-sale hasn't. Um, so, but what I think is interesting and what I think will eventually help other developers come into it is not just maybe finding money to begin with, but actually sustaining themselves. So one of the biggest problems that we faced in the console market was um, the secondary market. So when discs were being sold secondhand um, through whatever store, I can't remember the name of the one in the UK, is it CEX or something like that? Yes. But whatever, whatever it is, that market made it really difficult for publishers and developers. And the reason was, that especially with online, you know, and it was kind of one of these weird things that munched together. <clears throat> you sell a disc, you make your money on that disc. The player plays that game. They then sell that disc. You don't see any of that profit, but a new player has that game. They have an account. They're online. You have to sustain that game for them, and you're doing it with no upside, right? And that's really hard. You know, your, your profit margins are dropping dramatically, and it's hard to keep a game online. You know, it's not free. There's a ton of server costs, a ton of overhead. And I think the one thing about blockchain and the fact that we're moving to a more digital space completely and we're going away from kind of disks and things like that, the idea that items can be traded or, or whatever is, I actually think, yeah, okay, there will be items that might be super rare and they'll be traded at a higher price, but there's also going to be a ton of items that are just traded with people coming into the game who they maybe can't afford that entry-level price. Whatever it is, might be two bucks, right? <clears throat> but, oh, sorry, ten bucks but they can afford two bucks to buy that character that allows them to play or buy that initial, you know, make that initial purchase. Um, kind of like Magic the Gathering cards, right? You've got people, kids that can go into Magic the Gathering and they can buy packs all day long. And then you've got another bunch of people who go in and they buy all the second hand stuff, right? Yeah. And, and build stuff because that's the world they live in. Um, 
the great thing about blockchain is the developer can see some of that back end, so it just helps sustain that game. So I think, I don't know whether it helps immediately with the first investment round. I think we've got a very strong team. We've got a very strong pedigree. We've got a really good vision, I believe, about what we want to do. The game, Blankos is looking great, so that's helping a lot. Um, but I do think the technology, if you use it right, will help long-term. And I do think, you know, we're in, a, we're in that kind of three-yearly round of seeing mass layoffs throughout the entire industry at the moment. And um, it is cyclical. It'll happen again in three years. Mark my words. It always does. Um, but I do think it gives us the opportunity to perhaps try and balance our books a little bit better and make games that are a bit more sustainable financially. No, I completely agree. It's one thing that we tend to overlook in that sort of way is is not just the initial investment because done right that can be an achievable thing but the sustainability and we've seen that with a couple of blockchain projects that have failed to miss the mark on have missed the mark essentially on the sale aspect and as a result they are completely belly up i mean there are a couple of examples that come to my head straight away but i'd be remiss at this stage as well to um not go into Blanco specifically because you, you mentioned it a bit earlier on. And I, I think it does a couple of really interesting things that help to shape the relationship between the developer yourselves and the player. Uh, how do you mean? Sorry. Yeah. How do you mean? Well, generally, because um, there's there's a greater emphasis on how the player engages with the game. There's there's a greater focus on the user generated content aspect. Of I mean, I would say that our, our great our, our focus is more our focus is on the player entirely, right? Our, our key goal with Blankos is this game is fun, right? And that the blockchain element isn't going to get in the way of a player. That, that's the key. That was, that's our key thing from the, from the moment we started to design it, was this game has to be really, really good fun, regardless of whether it has blockchain technology or not. Um, and if some, if, if you know, people like the, the, the blockchain gamers of this world that are savvy, that understand the tech, that understand the idea of a secondary market, that already get rarity and scarcity and all those cool things that we're building in, everyone, all those people are going to get it. Um, but if it's not a fun game, nobody else is going to get it. And it just becomes another one on the pile of games that hasn't quite made it. Mm. And that, that, you know, for us, we really, really wanted to put all of our years of experience of making really good, fun games, that was first. Um, <clears throat> and that's not to dis- diminish the back the blockchain side. I think we put an equal amount of like, you know, thought and effort into that. But every time we put an idea in, we do step back and ask ourselves, does that, does that become a barrier to entry for just a gamer, you know, a normal gamer? And if it does, then we have to sort of shape it a little bit differently we have to chip the edges off a little bit differently and we've gone i mean i look back now and i mean it blows my mind how much we've done in the short space of time we've done it um but it also blows my mind how many iterations of this we've gone through I, you know whether we'll ever one day maybe rudy and i'll sit in the chair with a whiskey and regale the first sort of ideas that we were bouncing around and where we are now two very different things you know where we were nine months ago and where we are today in terms of what the game is very very different things i think the core of it in terms of the way it looked and the way it felt and the way that we wanted players to be able to have and own these assets is still there the actual game is completely different um so that's always been our focus and it will always be our focus for us the technology the blockchain technology or any technology we use has to enhance the fun of the game and 
the way we're going with Blancos is no one is going to get hit by a barrier. And I think that applies to things like, you know, one of the other, <clears throat> I don't know whether you want to call it greatest, I'd probably have a different word for it, paradigms of this century is the free-to-play model, which I hate. <laughs> it's here and it's not going away, is at what point do you hit somebody with a paywall, right? And, you know, I think what I see, I see some people talking these days and they're like offended there even is a paywall and I'm like, is my artwork nothing to you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know it's, um, I feel like this, you know, 18th century artist at the moment who's like, no one knows of the effort I put into my painting, right? <laughs> it's like, come on, guys. And so we have this interesting thing to balance. And and I think, you know, you see a lot of people are trying to snipe. When, when do they put this in? Why are they trying to trick you? It's like, I'm not trying to trick you. Yeah. We're just not a charity, <laughs> you know? just trying to get paid so um we want to make sure that that doesn't hit people too hard and we definitely want to make sure it doesn't trip people up and i you know i love the idea i really genuinely love the idea that just normal gamers going to have come into blancos they're going to have acquired a blanco somehow and this blanco could be the only one on the planet and they don't really know and they don't really care because they're never going to sell it because it's theirs and they love it and everyone else is like come on we want to buy this blanco off you because it's you know it's super rare or whatever and I love the idea that could happen. I think that that to me is super fun. Oh, it is to me as well. It's it is kind of amazing how often that the free play model is. It catches people unusually by surprise because the fact is this stuff doesn't just materialize. It's it's not out of altruism. It's it's there to generate a profit in order to help sustain people's employment in that sort of way. I did want to like jump back to some of the the elements that would bar some players from engaging with this kind of game. One of them is uh, like user experiences in making sure it's as streamlined as experience as possible. And I wanted to kind of delve into how Blancos helps to address these kind of issues and make for a seamless experience for the player. Well, I say, you know, one of the things that has evolved in our thinking uh, over the months is we've started to sort of separate blockchain from crypto. I know in some worlds, those are the same thing. uh, But in our world, they've started to become different. Uh, And what we see is the path to uh, blockchain adoption is different from the path to crypto adoption. In crypto, you need wallets. You need to care about private keys. You need to care about, you know, fees, RAM fees and or gas fees, or you need to, um, you know, you need to care about buying EOS or Ethereum or whatever token it is. Um, whereas if you take that away and just look at the blockchain, it's just a technology, like similar to AWS, right? And when we're using te- the technology to create new ways of monetizing our game or creating, uh, you know, embedded secondary markets or creating this provable rarity and provable scarcity that we were talking about. You don't need any of the crypto stuff to do that. And as a result, you know, you can hide a lot of the blockchain stuff uh, from the user. And that's one of the things, reasons why we ended up going with EOS. Um, again, all of the blockchains are, 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 are relatively new. There's still a lot of growing pains to go through. Um, but, you know, early when we were first coming up with the 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 vision to for mythical EOS mainnet wasn't out. We were playing Ethereum games, and I remember specifically a personal experience. I played an Ethereum game um, where I made a move. Um, you know, it popped up MetaMask, 
I didn't put enough gas in and the game just hung for like four hours while the, the, the transaction failed and I couldn't do anything. Um, and that is sort of a scenario where in order to adopt blockchain, you're being forced to adopt crypto. And from our perspective, that's a massive barrier for mainstream gamers. And when we go, okay, well, we want to make a game that's fun. We want to make a game at, um, aimed at mainstream gamers. Those are the kind of things that are going to stop them from playing your game. That's what's going to take your game and make it extremely niche, um, where it really just appeals to blockchain gamers. And that community is very small. They're very passionate and very important to us. Uh, and they're helping us prove out this innovative space, but it's also very small. Um, and so when you think about a gamer that goes on to whatever you know platform and goes to choose a game um, to play, they've got a game where they can just jump in and, and play it, and then they've got another game where it seems really fun, but they've got to go and, and deal with this strange concept they've never seen before called a wallet, and they've got to you know buy some EOS or Ethereum you know, automatically you can see where the barrier is there. Yeah, it's also one that uh, represents a, a kind of way in which we're, there is a residual stigma that is attached because the moment I think a mainstream person, if they, if they do have some kind of tenuous grasp of what blockchain technology is, invariably there will be this stigma of it being associated with Bitcoin and they'll take like two miles a step back. That's exactly right. You know, like I explained to my gamer friends, or, you know, and family, and I go, we're making blockchain games. Most of the time they just go, Bitcoin? And, you know, I have to, I have to be like, okay, kind of, but not really. And then, you know, explain the whole thing. Um, and I do see a path to where crypto adoption will happen, mass adoption. Um, but I, and, and, and the adoption of blockchain will help that. Um, but I feel, it feels to me like crypto adoption is, is, is the long term. Like that's down, way down the road. Um, blockchain is adoption is something that can happen much quicker um, because again it is a tech it's a tech that allows us to do some things that we haven't been been able to do before um, and you know that tech again we can just in- integrate into it seamlessly or at least that's our goal is to integrate seamlessly into the game experience and like Jamie said put the player first and always come at our, our you know these 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 problems from that perspective. No, absolutely. I mean, there's there's going to be a pathway for cryptocurrency adoption, and sooner or later, you are going to have a gaming community that is going to become ever more curious about just what kind of uh, potential this technology has. And it's only really a matter of time in that sort of sense. There's no point really trying to shoehorn all of these various components into a single game with the hope of creating a showstopper because. Yeah. That's, uh, that's that's one in a million. That's that's lightning in a bottle right there. Now, yeah. I did want to kind of delve into Blankers a bit more because, I mean, at this at this moment in time, in, in what stage of progress is it? Because I understand that you're going to be showcasing in quite big fashion at South by Southwest, which I'm very jealous of people that are going to be able to go to that one. Yeah, we are. We're, um, so we're just – South by Southwest is an interesting one. So – we're doing a few things unconventionally with this game on the set in terms of what we've, we've done in the past. Um, Southwire, we felt, was a good opportunity to just kind of show first playable. Um, you know, so far people have seen some great graphics from Blankos and dropped a little teaser trailer, which is our first announcement um, at the end of last year. And, you know, if you follow any of our Instagram or Twitter, it's to see some of the characters have been introduced, or at least some of the, the, um, 
the different types of skins we're, we've been showing and just trying to introduce a little bit of the game. But, you know, we're not we're not just running out and going, hey, this is everything in our game. You know, we're going to ease people in. So um, South by is an opportunity to show first gameplay footage, and we're going to talk about that a little bit then. Um, we've got another trailer dropping, and, you know, South by is an interesting place because it's not just game-focused. Right, it's technology focused as well. We thought this would be a good time to talk about the game to, to a gaming audience and a technology audience. But for those folks that are there as part of any blockchain track or anything like that, we can kind of talk a little bit about how we're using that technology. Um, so we're still, you know, we're still relatively, relatively early in development. Um, basically, this, this kind of three silos that we're talking about at the moment are the idea of collectability. Um, and again, I think you know the blockchain community get this already, right? It's kind of it's, it's the foundations, the underpin of it. But the gaming community don't, you know. If you look at things like Fortnite um, or um, Apex Legends or whatever, those games are built on the fact that everybody can get the items at some point, right? That's their kind of foundation. And the idea of whether you get it in the loot crate or not. Is just a simple percentage chance. That's, that percentage chance doesn't change if Rudy gets one, and then I get one, right? It's just it's every if you play hearts. I think there's an article. Some guy got 500 bucks, and that's how much it cost, and guaranteed if you got a particular rare air quotes item, right? The thing that I love about blockchain is it's true rare. It's true, true rare. We're only ever going to do so many, and. Um, that gives us so many different challenges, right? Because the idea of anyone can get something means theoretically everyone can spend 500 bucks trying to get that thing. And if everyone did, you just made the most money on it from a game ever. Um, so we've got different challenges, but you know, we need, to, we, we need to make sure the gamer understands that. And then not only is, why is that cool, right? Why is it that that's cool? Why is, this, why is it that there's only 5,000 of these things and why is that cool to me? And I think that then becomes trying to talk maybe lightly about that secondary market to them to understand that they can sell these items. And this, again, to gamers, it's not entirely a new concept, right? Um, you look at Counter-Strike Go, the secondary market for skins on that, uh, PUBG, people are trading and selling their skins and stuff on that. But they're trading it more from a kind of traditional world sense, right? People going, I want to buy it because I don't want to waste my time trying to grind to it or whatever. So, that's interesting. Blockchain, what we're doing is a little bit different. So we're going to talk a bit about that. We've started to introduce some of our collaborations um, as well. So we've got uh, the, the super cool, I think it's really neat. Everyone coming to South by is, and coming to the party gets a pack of cards. And um, so we, we, it's kind of funny. So in these cards, there's a bunch of red cards, basically, that you can scan and that you fill your blankos. When the game comes out, you just QR it and you get that blanko in game. Um, and you've got the numbered card that goes with it, which is super nerdy, and I really love it. And we're like, you know, there is in those packs, there is one card, so there is going to be one Blanco, and it will be the only Blanco. And we keep going on about how, oh, cool, there's only one, but when you actually look at it, we're only making 5,000 cards total, so all the cards in it are going to be pretty rare. Um, so we're introducing those on our Instagram at the moment. We just showed our first... True artist collaboration uh, uh, yesterday, I think the day before. Um, the guy called John Paul Kaiser, who's an English final toy artist, um, and he's done a skin for us. So that's kind of nice to talk about. So we're talking about that as well. And then we're actually showing off um, a level that has been built using our the game, the kind of block party building. So one of the parts of the blank goes is. 
you can kind of go collect these blank posts. You can blend blank posts as well, so you can take a Blanco and a bunch of items and you can throw it in the Blanco blender and a new Blanco appears and you can decide to keep it or not and you know there'll be some interesting stuff around how does that fit into the blockchain how does that how do we define whether it's rare or not um, so that's one of the things in the game but I think the, the most fun part of the game for me is building the block parties and having players come and play in your game so one of the levels we're showing off has been built using the block party and we've dragged two toys into it. And toys in Blanco's land are, you put them in your block party and that defines the gameplay of your block party. So the one we're showing off is, um, it's a platform race, so it's kind of used vibe collector. So you basically drag, dragged in what we call vibe uh, creators or vibe emitters, they're like speakers, anything that creates fun. Um, and then we've dragged in the paintball gun as well. So all these Blancos are turning up on a level that's been created and it's a four minute basically platform of race um, and the gameplay game is generated by the way that you build a level. Um, that's, that's probably the biggest show off that we're doing because the whole game is about players creating their own worlds and their own gameplay and then inviting players to come and play in them. That is brilliant. I think that's the one thing that really sets it apart is the fact that it's it's something that is wholly unique and it's it's left to the player what kind of game they'd like to play within this. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we see that more and more now. Like, you know, if I look the evolution of game design and what games do, um, I mean, games do it even in games that they didn't intend them to do, right? I mean, look at how many just some of the funny shit people do at PUBG or Fortnite, you know. Uh, me and Rudy play PUBG mostly to try and not get shot and just have a conversation. Like, we'll find a boat and just drive around an island just talking about shit for a while. Um, but pe- games are different to when I was a game and when Rudy was a game and when we were kids, right? We were we started out playing games where there was a beginning and then there was an end, and you got to the end as quickly as you could get to kind of thing, right? It was... Um, and we, our brains would just explode it with this amazing graphics or, or the fast, the Sonic went really fast or I won't really as a Nintendo fan and he gets upset about things like Sega so we, yeah. we won't have a fight <laughs> but you know kids these they're different gamers this games are different they're way more advanced than we were um, and I've watched some of my and again I'm not I, I hate to use any anecdotal evidence but you look around you see your young kid playing Minecraft or Roblox and building these old worlds and, and just finding these finding their own ways to have fun and really that's what Blankers is about is it's giving them tools, giving the players tools to build their own environments and have as much fun as they want. And you're gonna see the same you do in Minecraft, you know. I saw something the other day someone built like a sixteen chapel in Minecraft, you know, that's it's, amazing. It's insane, right? Um, and there's no way they thought someone that when they made that game there's no way they were like maybe they'll make the castle out of Hogwarts maybe, I don't know but you know <laughs> and someone's done that as well so I think as game designers people, you know, I'm always blown away by what people do with the game like even with DJ Hero when we made that watching what people people turned it into an actual controller and was mixing real music with it within about a week of us releasing it right we didn't think that anyone was going to do that um, and it's just People always amaze me by it. So I think for us, we're focused on uh, let's let's give them a bunch of tools. Let's not, and again, gamer first, right? It can't be tools for someone who's super tech savvy. It's got to be tools for just Joe Gamer and allowing them to play stuff and build games. So, 
Yeah, it's fine. It's, it's really good fun. I mean, we're really stoked with the the controls. Feel really smooth. We're really really happy with the way the controls work. Um, with the leveling system in the Blanco's is really fun. Once you play with level ten Blanco and you go back to a level one Blanco, you kind of like, oh, God, <laughs> I just want a level ten Blanco all the time. So there's a nice kind of level progression into sort of training your Blanco um, because there is this Tamagotchi style element to this. You know, you've got to you've got to take care of your Blancos. You've got to go and love and care for them and make sure that they're they're happy. They'll only progress if you put time into them. If you don't, then they won't progress unless you. That's the fantastic thing. And I said this before in an interview earlier on this week, well, and also last week, where it's very much the case of a difference in approach between centralized and decentralized games. Centralized games are, are kind of telling players what they want. And then with decentralized and blockchain games, it's, it's more a case of asking what they want and leaving it up to them to decide what inevitably their experience is going to be? Uh, well, I mean, not quite. I think, you know, we don't see blockchain really changing the, the gamer landscape. It's 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 an, it's a sort of the, the next step in the evolution of what gamers are already doing. You know, like mm-hmm. the, the Minecraft generation, I mean, what, what Jamie was just talking about, I mean, the, I played Fortnite, and I'm like, you have to shoot, run, and build? Like, yeah. that's just not... I never grew up. I can't do that. I give me one or the other, right? That's because that's what I grew up on, right? But gamers today are used to all of that customization, Minecraft, Roblox. You know, um, I mean, Second Life. I mean, it's not for kids, but you know, like these kind of paradigms have existed, and when they've been done right, they've really blown up. You know, they've been humongous games, um, and it just shows the power of sort of like let's give the gamers a bunch of tools that they can then create their own experiences with. And that's that seems to be where centralized games, centralized games have, have sort of evolved over the years to that. Um, and now, um, you know, we're sort of taking it a step further by exploring the way blockchain could enhance that. You know what I'm saying? I don't see decentralized being different. Like it's not, a, it's not this stuff isn't coming about because of decentralized decentralization blockchain is just enhancing those those paradigms and and like you know like we said already you know an example is secondary markets have existed forever in games you know mm-hmm. buying and selling items have existed you know the 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 the, the um the, the secondary markets around world of warcraft when i worked for their team it was um they were humongous uh, but blizzard didn't get a penny of it and so there was no reason to support it you know um, and so, but but blockchain could potentially change that. It could allow games to participate in those secondary markets. And and so again, it's not like uh, suddenly we're we're able to do something completely different. It's just it's taking stuff that the game gaming industry has already evolved into and enhancing that, and taking it a step further, and looking at ways that can really benefit. Um, uh, looking at things that can really help. Uh, benefit players and solve some of the problems that we've had as developers when it comes to monetization. I completely agree with you there. When it comes to the marketplace, it's it's interesting because it's almost like a, a new old market, which is fantastic, honestly, because, I mean, I'm an MMORPG player of the past as well, and it's amazed me just how much of a secondary marketplace there is out there and how much of a potential that presents for monetization, both for the player and the developer. And Going, going over to it as well, 
when it comes to South by Southwest, we're actually we're counting down the days to that now as well, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, it's next Friday. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's creepy, a lot of work it? to be done. It's awesome stuff. And I think... Um, we're really excited. I mean, it's going to be a great event. Um, you know, we... We love DJ. Best love, yeah. Which is awesome. Um, you know, we've got... We're, it's the opening party for the South by Southwest Gamer Track. And, you know, we, we're going to set up a whole bunch of really, really cool activities and, and stuff for, for people to do. So we're really pumped and now it's right now it's all about pulling that all together yeah. yeah oh yeah and we're more than happy to uh like help to showcase and troop the colors for mythical games especially for blancos great thank you well look, you know we it's been a it's been a fun journey and i think you know one thing i definitely want to just kind of dot the eye on and it kind of talks to what really was just saying is with for us we're not decentralized against centralized yeah we're really about blockchain technology enhancing gaming experience for everyone and if you look at young gamers these days more than anyone on the planet they are ready to understand what blockchain is and how the idea concept of crypto because they've been dealing in a version of it since they first picked up a game because they've all got this crazy kind of in-game currencies right oh, yeah. they're, 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 these, these kids figure it out and work out how to get what they need to get quicker than anybody else yeah. and to them the transition is going to be super smooth. And that really is what we're all about, is making using this tech to just smoothly bring it into the world that we've loved and worked in for the past 20-odd years and, and enhance it all. So one of the things we get asked a lot since we announced South by Southwest is from the community is how can we participate if we're not going to be able to be at South by Southwest? Um, and so one of the, one of the ideas we had was to do uh, a little giveaway with, with you guys. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> and so Jamie, you want to talk a little bit about yeah. what we're, what we're going to be giving? Yeah. So, um, if I go back to those cards, um, I think we had, uh, 5,000 packs cards made, if I remember rightly. This is all kind of fruits. It's still going on now. They're literally being printed as we speak. Yeah. Um, and over the next few days, you're going to see on an Instagram like just how many of these are. We've already announced two of them. Kids called Camo and Awesome Rex. Uh, there's some more coming over the next few days. Uh, we wanted to give you guys a bunch of packs um, for you to do a giveaway, however, however you like. Um, and to give you some context to some of the cards, um, you know, some of these the, the very rare numbers. Um, so, Awesome Rex by JPK, uh, he's, a, he's a kind of angry fun bear in a dinosaur suit. Uh, there's only 666 of him available. Um, there's another one which we've already talked about, South by, on our blog, so I don't mind saying it now. It's called The Golden Ticket, and it is one of one. Uh, there will be no more, and it's a giant golden blanker uh, with a big B on his face. Um, so yeah, we wanted to give you guys a bunch of cards, you can give them away however you want. Um, and yeah. Yeah, and these cards will, will only be, at, well, they'll be available at Austin, at South by Southwest if you're attending. Um, but this is, and so this is a way for those who aren't attending to, to sort of participate and get hold of some of those blancos, uh, because they won't be reissued again. These are just for South by Southwest. That is fantastic. It's a very rare opportunity for those that are not going to be otherwise available to attend South by Southwest. So we're going to be like showcasing that one whenever we possibly can. I know that we're going to be um, 
trying to speak to a couple of the other uh, blockchain attendees when they're uh, when they're on this show as well and able to treat the colors of mythical games all throughout because it's a very special kind of event and it promises to be a brilliant one awesome awesome, awesome. thank you but Jamie Rudy, it's been absolutely fantastic speaking to you. It's been incredibly informative delving more into mythical games, Blancos, as well as getting a, a nice little lesson as to how other blockchain game studios can help to really let themselves prosper over this particular time, especially coming out of the kind of 2018 the, the markets had. Yeah, it's definitely a challenging time. You know, this is, this is a very experimental time for, for many of the companies in the space probably facing a lot of the same questions we are, we are facing. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, we, uh, we've got a lot, of, a lot more work ahead of us and, and there's a lot more to discover about blockchain. And um, I hope, you know, the perspective that we shared helps others out there for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, my, 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 my advice would be, be a gaming studio. Don't be a blockchain gaming studio. Just use blockchain technology. Yeah. I couldn't agree with that more. Well, thanks for having us, James. Yeah, thanks, man. Really appreciate it. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you both. And I sincerely hope to hear nothing but positive news when it comes to speaking to you after South by Southwest as well. Awesome. Cheers, James. Bye. Take care. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank all of you for listening to this episode of Game on Blockchain as well. It was a real pleasure to have both Jamie and Rudy on from Mythical Games. And be sure to keep your eyes peeled on blockchaingamer.biz for the latest developments coming from this competition. Until then, we hope you come back for next time.